What's going on, homies? Welcome to stream of Conscious West. As always, stepping into the stream, been feeling out of breath a lot lately, running up the stairs. I just uh, ran up the stairs earlier, Lane is upstairs sleeping, and I went in to just slide into bed, cuddle for a minute or two, and I was lying next to her, and I'm like, <sighs> and this is, yeah, it like gets me on the topic of exertion, right? Exertion. Exertion now in my life comes on a need to exert basis, which is pretty rare in my life. It's pretty rare. And so <clears throat> I start to be aware of how it affects me, how, and this is just one tiny example, right? This, this is like what life is all about is pinpointing something, seeing how it works, seeing how me being tired, if I, you know, if I jogged out to my car because I forgot something and I wanted to get back quickly. Now, after a quick jog, a quick hop, 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 up the steps, link style, I am out of breath. Now my next five to 10 minutes is affected. You know, I am well past having exerted myself. And I still am feeling the consequences of that. So we put together exertion, jog to the car, up, up, up the steps. In a recognition of this is how my body is. My body needs to recover from a short bout of exertion because there are such few, so rare are the opportunities that my body gets to be experiencing that level of bodily exer exertion. And so, okay, we're not losing this thread. The way that that reality is then a known fact about my current state. So I now am avoiding exertion, even though I don't actually want to avoid it. I've stopped seeking it out. And so in these moments where my thought is not about exertion, it's about, I want to go up to the step. I want to go up the steps. I want to go out the, I want to get to my car quick, right? It's, it's a level of excitement or, you know, wanting to cater to the moment, not wanting to miss out on something where exertion isn't the point that now pointed exertion is something that I know holds uh, an afterburn in me, a recovery period. And 
So over the years, less and less and less, I have uh, made those moments chosen exertion for exertion's sake. And, you know, a while back, you know, last year, year and a half ago, I was telling Lane, my partner, about my desire to start running again. And now I say again, not because running has been on my mind or (laughs) it's been a recent phenomenon. I ran cross country in high school, my freshman year. And a couple months in my junior year where me and my buddy Patrick uh, were starting our stoner life and we would you know, cut away from the group during cross-country practice. And then during the cross-country meets, we had this one meet where we were just cutting across fields, like cheating, cutting the path, not running the distance we were supposed to run. And we got caught and we got kicked off the team. So 14 and 16. (laughs) And, you know, probably ran, I've probably since I was 16, have ran like, I don't know, a hundred times in 13 years, maybe 200 times, 13 years, but still very rare. But I have this idea in my head that because I have this memory of being in shape, my 14 year old self ran a 20 minute 5k my PR, 2001. And I've always wanted to beat that personal record because why? I don't know. Anyway, I still feel like I want to run again, which that's not bad. But I'm just saying how it's like that memory is in my bones so that it doesn't feel that far away. And I think it truly does affect how I feel about myself because it feels like every time I've gone for a run, I've been like, Jesus Christ, you know, winded after five minutes of light jogging. And then I'm I'm like, I, I lose momentum. I lose motivation. I start to see how far I am from this, either a goal or an idea about how my body used to be. And I just want to talk a little bit about, oh yeah, year and a half ago, I'm telling Lane, I want to run again. And she's like, why? Why do you want to run again? And I'm like, well, I want to run again because, you know, if I want to be ready when opportunity strikes, I'm saying to myself, I, I want to keep myself in shape because I want to be able to not be completely winded. If I get invited to a pickup basketball game, (laughs) that's just like my idea because that's happened in previous years where I'm out of shape, but then I, I show up at a pickup basketball game, love playing basketball, but I'm, I don't exert my body 
on a regular basis. And so I have this idea. And so I, I push my body too hard because I want to run down the court. I want to guard. I want to, you know, exert myself. And I push myself too hard. And so I say, I want to start jogging every day, for example, so that when opportunity strikes to go show up to a basketball game, I'll be ready. And Lane said to me, why don't you just go play basketball? <laughs> you know? And like I had this pushback in a way, being like, huh, yeah, what the heck? So true, so true. And so I think it is interesting, like I, I've been in a mode of life where I've been waiting for the opportunity to come knocking. I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't play basketball unless someone has invited me to something that's already going to be going on, whether I show up or not. I've had this idea of myself for a long time, stemming back to like, you know, middle school, puberty, you know, the social development when it starts being about girls and boys and if I'm cool or not. And did you get invited to the party? You know, that type of dynamic and for whatever reason, my immediate relationship to my peers in that way was that I'm a loser. No one wants to hang out with me. And I would look around trying to find the evidence for how and why that's true. So then I would say to myself, well, here I am in eighth grade on a Friday night and no one invited me out. And luckily, you know, that was before Snapchat, you know, before internet on our phones. So I wasn't even clued into what was going on. You know, I imagine there could be a deeper well of pain and self uh, negative self-talk that can come in adolescence when you can see everything that's going on on social media and you can start to, you can literally feel like you're the point of view of the cool kids' cameras. But that idea has permeated throughout my life, which is like, I hope someone takes me under their wing or I hope someone befriends me and wants me because otherwise oh, I'm going to be in a dark hole of shame and just wanting the the time to pass, you know, 
those lonely Friday nights, which weren't actually lonely because I spent a lot of time with my family and I had two younger sisters, which, you know, they weren't yet graduated into a more lively potential social world. So they were my safe place, my sisters, my younger sisters. I could put down, put up, take off my mask. I could let myself watch Hannah Montana and enjoy it and laugh and have fun. And it's also a part of the reason why, you know, I never invited people over to my house. Which is like, there's this, that, that aspect of where it was a safe, comfortable place for me. But I also, at the same time, thought that it was a embarrassing, potentially something to be made fun of by my friends. And so with no incoming invitations coming in, I didn't even acknowledge that I have the power to create the opportunities that I want to experience. And so I think me being here right now is an aspect of this where I can recognize that I would be showing up to more places more often if I was getting invited. And I don't want to be bound by that. Like, what is that about, you know? Um, but I, I think somehow, and if you'll, you'll stay with me here, I think there's an aspect of how this can relate to exertion for exertion's sake, because I want to try and eliminate the experience of feeling winded jogging up the steps. And I want to avoid, this is, like, what is that? I want to go jog, get my body more in shape so that I can avoid feeling out of shape in the moments when I naturally want to exert myself. I want to put myself through something that may be able to be enjoyable, but it isn't the thing I want. The thing I actually want is to have fun. Like I don't want my fun to be interrupted by my tiredness, by my windedness. You know, and, and so, you know, I think another aspect that you might be able to relate to, or that I think our society at large can relate to is this desire where, which is, I want to exert myself because I want my body to change. So 
our experience of exertion and the way we're trying to motivate ourselves is to eliminate something that exists. You know, it's like this feeling of like, I don't want to be in shape. I just don't want to be out of shape where someone else might say, I don't want to be thin. I just don't want to be big, fat. Right. I'm not saying that I believe this. I'm saying this is the mental worm that I think we all have in our own ways. And this is, like I said, this is just this one example, my out of shapeness, my chosen exertion, this idea that I need to exert myself in a way that isn't fun in order to exert myself in a way that is. Why can't I just choose the fun way? Now I have all these reasons, you know, and, and like, I have all of these stories about how, yeah, well, but I don't get invited to basketball every day, which again, basketball isn't this secret club where you can only play if you've been invited. I can play. Let's do a little neck rolling break. I feel that's what I need a little bit right now. Also, this has been sitting on my desk. I left this outside a while back. If you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, you can see this is a an Oracle card, but it got wet in the rain and I dried it, but it's still kind of messy, but it has a good message. Each moment is a jewel, a jewel. Treasure what is, okay, sorry. <laughs> Treasure what is before you without judgment. Look for the gift in all things. What seems like a disaster to you now may very well be paving the way to abundance. Each moment is a jewel, okay? Treasure what is before you without judgment. Look for the gift in all things. What seems like a disaster to you now may very well be paving the way to abundance. Motherfucker. Like, that's why I, can, I can't throw this card away. Like, this is actually, each moment is a jewel. You know how much we will cherish a jewel if we just found it on the street and we've never seen it before and there's not a single other one like it? That's what moment, the moment is. It is unlike any other. It is not repeatable. It is not capturable. 
you don't get to lock it in a safe. By the time you've spun that lock, it's gone. And there's something new available for you to treasure. I look back on on teenage Wes, and this was really like 12, 13, 14, 15, and then, and this is important, and then fall of my junior year, a couple weeks, a month or two into school, I find cannabis, weed. At the time, in suburban Iowa, all we could find was mid, some mids. It wasn't swag, but it was mids. It wasn't dank, it wasn't dro, it wasn't kush, it was mids. But it was all I knew, so it was just weed to me. But all of a sudden, this was a thing where how did I, how did it become? I was invited. I was invited to partake. Now, up to this point previously, I had seen and known that lots of people in my grade and the grade above me had been smoking since, you know, freshman year even. But I thought, you know, I kind of was like, no, 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 that's drugs. That's bad. And a big part of it was that my friends at the time also felt that way. We were like, no, we were looking at some of our old, our friends from throughout school being like, oh, he started smoking. And I judged hard. Not like super negative, but it was like, ooh, like certainly not going to hang out with Alex Zaleski anymore. Shout out to you, Alex, if you're watching this. But I remember that specifically of being like, oh man, Alex, oh man, they got to him. But homecoming night, my junior year, I want to tell this story. I had had my first high school girlfriend, Hannah. And we had started dating in the summer while we were in a community play musical together, Schoolhouse Rock. It was fun as heck. And we had a completely sober summer, even though it was like theater kids, there were kids from other school, there were older kids, there were some young adults. I think it was mostly high schoolers. Um, and it was, I turned 16 at the beginning of that summer. So it was like, I was freshly driver's license, hitting the streets, driving my mom's old minivan, you know, being in the community theater summer. I was driving my friends around after play practice. I was driving to my job at the grocery store on the weekends, whatever. But as we get into the school year, Got my girlfriend, Hannah, she was in the grade above me. And so Hannah is a senior. So she has a different social world than I do. So she starts hanging out with other guys. No, well, 
with just other people, people that I didn't hang out with. And she, she had smoked weed. And we didn't really have a lot of, of communication in, in that relationship. But I remember it was triggered by my friend, Pat. Shout out to you, Pat. Patrick. I don't think I ever really called you Pat. Patrick was what I said. And uh, Hannah was my date to homecoming. We were figuring out our our little group, you know, carpool, where are we going to, what restaurant are we going to before the dance, that type of thing. And I'm now in a position at the beginning of the school year where I'd been hanging out with Hannah, play people. I think I'd hung out with Patrick maybe a little bit, but not much. But we start, I was in a bunch of classes with Patrick, so we were kind of more starting to be like seeing each other a lot in those early weeks of school. Thanks for bearing with me here. I'm a, I'm a long-winded, rant-out-my-arsh type guy. So this is the fucking vibe. Anyway, so as we plan for homecoming, Patrick and, and his date, we were like, yeah, let's, let's carpool. And Patrick had been hanging out with some older kids during the summer, I think, and he had started smoking weed. So he's like, hey, before we go to the dance, you want to smoke weed? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, have you smoked before? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, when? Because as far as he knew, I'd never smoked, which was true. And I said, oh, I, I smoked with Hannah this summer. Yeah, yeah. And then Hannah is like, okay, we're driving with Patrick. We're going to smoke weed. And she's like, have you smoked before? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I smoked with Patrick. So you might be able to tell where this is going. Homecoming night, we drive out to like this nature reserve little area. There's like a gazebo path that leads to a gazebo on this little pond. Patrick's date didn't want to smoke, so she stayed in the car. We got out, went out to the gazebo, and I think it was maybe a pipe or something. And I'm like, okay, all right, how does this work? And they both look at me like, well, I thought you'd smoked with them. And they both realize that I had said I'd smoked with Patrick to Hannah and said I'd smoked with Hannah to Patrick. And here I am with Hannah and Patrick. And they're both being like, wait, I thought you've smoked before. And I was like, oh, caught in a lie, a meaningless lie, a lie born out of not wanting to be perceived as not cool or as a novice, as a rookie, as a new one. Now, when I think back on this story, I think about how great it might have been if I had fucking told them the truth. Because that moment would have been sweet. Two of like my favorite people at the time 
being like, all right, you ready to smoke? It could have been so pure and fun and awesome. But I had this idea that my experiences weren't the right ones and I needed to put up a front to save myself from what? Embarrassment? Anyway, just to put a, a little, uh, put the end on this little story, we, we go to the dance. Hannah is pissed because I lied to her for no reason. And Patrick's kind of like, he's got my back. He's the homie. And he's just kind of like trying, he's realizing how mad Hannah is. And, you know, we didn't really ever talk about the fact that I had lied to him. I think he was just like, whatever. But we get out there and, and, you know, within, I don't even know, 10, 20 minutes, Hannah is like, comes up to me on the dance floor and is like, it's over. We're breaking up. And so, you know, that's like, Hannah was the person I'd been spending probably the majority of my, my hangout time with over the past four or five months. And so from that point on, in the next week or two, Patrick was inviting me to smoke after school. And I would, and it was awesome. It was that fresh, fresh high. And he was always driving. I was, I was his passenger princess. I was just zooted. And we just start to be like, hell yeah, this is the shit. This is what I want. And so we do it more and more. And it's maybe a month when I order my first pipe. It's maybe another month when we both order butane handheld iolite vaporizers. And it's maybe another month and then where we buy our first like half ounce and flip it to another friend and make some cash. And then with this cash we just made, Patrick drives us to Best Buy and he gets these like $200 Sony noise canceling headphones. And I have this, I have $200 in my pocket after this fresh uh, weed sale. And I'm like, I'll get the headphones too. I, I don't know what to do with this money. I wasn't thinking. I was like, sure, let's do it. And uh, and basically this this is the dawn of me feeling like after having been invited by Patrick and then because our hanging out was the thing that now we were doing it almost every day at this point, I started to feel like, okay, oh, I don't have to wait for the invitation because I have my own stash where I started to invite myself to smoke with me but also, hey, you trying to smoke? Now, I feel confident in being the one who invites someone else to come smoke with me. And this is like the first time in my life when that had happened. So, 
it makes sense why it had stuck around in my life for so long. And it still is in my life because I'm, I'm here now actively kind of needing to acknowledge right now that I'm a dope fiend. I'm a weed addict. I want it. And if I give myself a little bit, I push the boundary. And so I'm, I'm off. I'm off it right now. I'm about a month in to saying like, you know, I really do. I badly do wish I could have a healthy relationship, but it's too ingrained. It's, it's been too much of an addictive thing. There's too much of a history that I have. It has a, a type of sinister hold on it, on me. And, you know, I don't want to call weed sinister, but it's sinister because the way I feel about it, I know exactly what buttons to press and how to weasel a slightly cracked door all the way open. I want to say, I'll just smoke at night or I'll just smoke on weekends. But uh, that ultimately is harder for me than to just say I'm sober. So I haven't really talked about this. And again, it's still pretty fresh. And I've had a, a complicated relationship with it for a long time. But again, back to how it helped me. And I think why I, I have been so resistant to address it or to, or to exile it from my life because, you know, I've made a TikTok. And if you guys don't follow me on TikTok, check out my TikTok, Conscious Wes. Um, but I've talked about how... Ah, shit, I lost my train of thought. <sighs> As I look outside right now, it's snowing, which is, it, it's pretty rare here in Portland, Oregon. Not, a, you know, not super rare, but, you know, they don't have plows out here. We're about an hour from the coast. You know, we obviously get a lot of precipitation, but snow, snow is unique because it's, it's not very often that we dip below freezing. So winter weather is like in 40, you know, so it's not like we don't have winter, but so there's something magical about it, the way it changes how I perceive the air around me. But yeah, back to, oh, here's what I was gonna say. See, I remembered. I, uh, I've talked about the three M's on TikTok, which I heard from a fellow TikToker that I don't remember their name, sorry. 
the three M's of the way weed can, your relationship with it can play out and shift over time. Where, as was my experience, and as I tried to cling to this story for as long as I could, the first M is magic. Weed felt like magic. Getting high felt magical. I want to invite you. I want to do that. I started freestyle rapping. We know this. Doing all the stuff. Then it becomes medicine where I got to get high. All right, let's go get high before we go to lunch. Let's go get high before we watch that movie. Let me go get high before I go to school. Let me get high before Thanksgiving dinner at my grandparents' house. Puff in my vape in the downstairs bathroom, hoping that no one's going to go in there for a few minutes so it can air out. Medicine. Self-medicating. And then it turns into the final M, misery. 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 That's tough, man. It becomes miserable. And I feel even, you know, like I'm like I'm sabotaging or disparaging an old friend. Be like, no, but weed is good. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying the way we relate to things that become an ever-present and then seemingly necessary and then something that we are a slave to. I've been a slave to my desire to get high, which on a deeper level is my desire to not feel what it feels like to be purely me today. I want a distraction from that. I want to take myself away. And often that's not the conscious story. The conscious story is about what I, how good being high is and not about how I'm trying to change the feeling of sobriety. I want to change up my setup here a little bit so I can recline move my microphone closer all right oh that's better so um yeah i am becoming an inviter again this is an invitation. I want to invite I want to have more things that I do simply because it's what I want to do. Doesn't that sound simple? It sounds funny. I want to do more things for which for which I don't need someone else's permission, invitation, uh, 
approval or even anyone else's presence. I didn't have to ask anyone if I can podcast today. No one knows that I'm doing this right now, except for me. And it's because it's what I want. And so I think we all know that we have this ability to do what we want to do. But I think if you take a magnifying glass and you actually look at what that looks like. And again, I don't want to speak for you, you know? I don't want to be in the in the business of assuming everyone's like me, but I can just I can just talk about my experience. And it's the type of thing of like, this shit ain't different enough for me to be the only one feeling this way. Waiting for the invitation. Now, invitations are still awesome. And I still am so appreciative of receiving them. of being in a position where all I have to say is, yeah, sure, or yes, or I'd love that. And so in my knowing of how good that can feel to say yes to something, to say there is going to be this thing going on, and I've been invited. That doesn't mean we have to go, but it means that we can. And I think there's a level of when you're the inviter, you're going to fucking be there. And that could add a little more stress. That could add a little more an an idea or a feeling of, man, If I'm not feeling it on the day of the thing, I still got to go because I invited you. I invited everybody. Hey, we're having a dinner party. Love it if you could come. The dinner party isn't going to be ruined if on the day I'm like, you know, dude, I'm not feeling it. Thanks anyway. If you do it again, I'd still love to be invited. But in the on the same the same side of the other coin, it feels good to be able to say, hey, I'm gonna be here in my stream, or I'm gonna be here one Saturday a month leading you in a breathwork session. I'd love it if you could come. And if not, I'll ask you again next month. Because it's what I do. And if no one shows up, I'm going to lead myself. I'm going to lead Lane. Hey, guys. 
This is me healing my inner child. Hey guys. Hey Patrick. Hey Isaac. Hey Neil. Hey Ian. <laughs> hey Joe. Hey Sam. Hey Mitchell. Hey Zach. Hey Dan. Want to come over to my house? We could just we could watch TV, play games, hang out. I never said that. I never said that. So my feeling about how I was valued was tied up in when and if and how often I was invited to what they were doing. And you don't invite all of your friends to every single thing. I lived in a different neighborhood. There were the friends who lived within walking distance, you know, a couple streets away. They hung out a lot more. It was also back in the day where we had to call each other's home phones and shit. Hey, is Wes there? Tell him we're going to go to Dan's house, you know? So, all right, I'm kind of, I'm kind of losing my momentum, but we've gone 45 minutes. Holy shit. That's dope. Um, yeah. So exertion, I no longer feel out of breath. The feeling of being out of breath doesn't feel great, but the feeling of having exerted, especially when it's intentional, that can feel really good. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. That's all I got for you. Don't be afraid to exert yourself. Don't be afraid to choose the thing that is fun to you. And I'll see you next time. I'm Wes. Be your conscious best. Catch you later. Here we go, baby. This one's for Parth. Just because I love to see your name pop up. Yo. Even if the sun went down right now I would be in the light cause you shine down Even if the sun went down when I sleep And it does, so don't really listen to me I don't have all sorts of wisdom But I know I'll say I've lost this pure connection But I won't lose your All of the shit that I'm thinking about But part this down We can be holding it down I can be thinking I might Have the high note now 
But I didn't think that I had high notes when I was in choir Cause I had to hold it out for a song that I did not write And now I know that the note that I want to hit I really only know when it's right And I can't really force it I can't really force it No, no, no Cause I was around lots of homies Who had some super high notes That they would always show me And I got really jealous But I just want to tell you this That I believe, I believe in you I believe, I believe, believe in you What I wanna, I don't really take your example Cause I know that if I'm trying to live that life I'ma do it on my own I can't even look on Google I just gotta do my shit You can't even stop so quick with this shit What you telling me I ain't never gonna be it I already am, yo I know that I am the most powerful human being I will ever be Thank you Parth for the inspo Damn, I was lit, bro. Wow, 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 wow.